0: Hello. Thank you for listening and watching You at Options. This week I uh, Derek Zanetti from the Homeless Gospel Choir on. Um, he's put out a great live album of, uh, of shows he did over in, in England in 2018 called This is a Protest Song. Check it out. It's great. Uh, he put out an album last year called This Land is Your Landfill. Uh, both those are on AF Records. It's great. Um, I accidentally call it this wasteland is your land uh, i think in this episode um but yeah it was great talking to Derek. he's uh he, he's a uh, he's a good one you know um yeah i hope you enjoy the conversation go check out his music check out uh on instagram thg choir um Go find us on Instagram, at youadoptions. Subscribe. Subscribe to the YouTube. Like the videos. All that good stuff. Thanks again. Derek, thank you. You consented. Yes. You were yes. you were doing this podcast. Uh yeah. I, I appreciate you joining me. How how are thank you? Thank you
1: for having me. I am well. Um we had a full day of it today. Mm. Um, we moved into a new house. Ooh, and okay. um somebody who was doing some of the construction work on the house before we had moved in must have put some sort of a plaster material down the drain and 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 um it it's not supposed to go there cause so,
0: cause some mayhem.
1: Yeah. So after about a week's worth of shit and pissing down the toilet and flushing, it all collected in our house and we had to go ahead and have some sort of a professional, you know, uh, um, with a snake go in there and punch it all out. And it was a true mess, but, um, I'm glad that I'm not a plumber and I'm glad that I don't have to be.
0: Right. So, uh, are you, are you in, are you in Pittsburgh? Where, where are you?
1: We just moved to Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Oh, ooh. where? Where's is, where's that? Which is just outside of Philly by hmm. about forty, about by, by about forty-five, man, um, maybe about an hour's worth out of Philly. Uh,
0: are you from Pittsburgh?
1: I am. I lived in Pittsburgh for the first thirty-eight years of my life, and this is the first time I've ever left home to live somewhere out, uh, other than whenever I went away for college, but that doesn't right. count. Cause I knew I was coming home after I graduated school. I did an internship in Ligonier, Pennsylvania for about a year and a half. And okay. then I moved back home. But for the most part, I've spent my whole life in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Oh, wow.
0: Yeah. I know. Uh, I know the, uh, the parking in downtown Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh is terrible.
1: It's and... a, it's a terrible rash. It's, mm. it's terrible.
0: Yeah. And, uh, uh, I know, uh, you know, uh, uh what's his name uh andy warhol mm-hmm. big pittsburgh guy you know oh
1: yeah have you ever tasted a klondike bar
0: <laughs> i've experienced a klondike bar right
1: right in pittsburgh pennsylvania i don't know i don't know if you've ever been to a public library but uh andrew carnegie was from pittsburgh pennsylvania um maybe you have maybe you've ever gone on a ferris wheel or got a polio <laughs> vaccine have right. you ever tasted have you ever tasted a Big Mac, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania? A Banana Split, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania? Um, yeah, they were known for a lot of really important things, especially during uh, the Industrial Revolution.
0: Mm, wow. I, I now,
1: feel... now it's just sports and beer. Mm, I, and,
0: and, that's true. And
1: punk, and, and punk rock on the weekends. But <laughs> for the most part, you know. Right. That's it.
0: The... Uh, uh... I feel like you're just rattling off things that I knew a couple of them were Pittsburgh, but I feel like um, you could just been saying
1: anything and been like, well, uh, what, Pennsylvania. You, uh, tell me, a, tell me about your relationship to Mr. Rogers from Mr. Rogers neighborhood. He's a Pittsburgher, And maybe if you've ever tasted a little invention called Heinz ketchup, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, you can't deny that one either. <laughs> wow. Hmm. Wow. I, tell me about Mobile, Alabama. I mean, what are y'all? What are y'all responsible for down there,
0: brother? Uh, the the uh, 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 the um, water gun, you know, the Super Soaker that was invented. Oh boy. By a guy. Yeah. In Mobile, uh, racism—that's a big thing.
1: <laughs> oh boy! I can only—I can only <laughs> from, say from
0: Mobile, people. Alabama. Uh, our uh, our I ten, our interstate. You know, our interstate uh, tunnel is named the uh, the um, uh, Wallace Tunnel after, uh, of course, you know, the, sure. the terrible governor George Wallace,
1: Captain Racism himself,
0: <laughs> right? Uh, so yeah, but you know, there's some nice things here outside of racism. Down, I've been
1: down, I've been down to Mobile, Alabama, maybe two times in my life, really? and I did like it pretty good. Oh yeah,
0: yeah. Did you were you playing shows or?
1: Yeah. I was coming through on tour. I don't remember the name of the place that I played, but I do remember playing mobile. And then one time we went through mobile. Um, I want to say for hurricane Katrina relief that we had the mm. pad, that we had spent a little bit of time there. I think it was, if I'm not mistaken, 2005 or 2006.
0: Right. Yeah. 2005 was Katrina. And yeah, we got, we got a little bit of Katrina, like power was out and water and all that stuff for a week or so. Uh,
1: we we spent most of our time in Biloxi, Mississippi.
0: Yeah, Mississippi was real bad. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, listening, I I spent a lot of time to prepare for talking to you. I spent a lot of time listening through your albums. Um, and there's a lot of uh, uh religious uh, stuff that I undertones that I heard. Um, did you grow up Catholic?
1: No. Um, Well, I was baptized Catholic, but I was too young to remember that. Right. Yeah, I was my my parents uh, um, when I was in 1988, when I was about five. um, My parents started to go to like a very conservative evangelical right wing church, Mm. laying on a hand, speaking in tongues, Ah, rolling around on the floor. All that all that type of mess. Yeah. Um, Pentecostal. Yeah. Very much so. They used to take us out on Saturday mornings to picket at the Planned Parenthood and carry those big gross signs and whatnot. Right, of um, course. Yeah. Faith healers, you know, passing the basket filled with money to a bunch of poor folk who can't get their fucking teeth fixed. Right. You know, like that that kind of stuff. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's a... I, I, I know what you're talking about. I know a lot of... Because I grew up Catholic. Uh, I went right on. through like, whatever, uh, through a you know, Sunday Bible school and I got baptized and then I got, you know, uh, you know, the, the whole, whole spiel. Uh, sure. uh, but yeah, I, I definitely know there's, especially down here, there's a lot of like Pentecostal Southern Baptist people who are very much oh, yeah. like, uh, you know, just kind of like it's a,
1: it's a hard thing to shake whenever you witness yeah. it you yeah. witness it routinely over and over again especially right. in your formative years and they start talking about the devil and hell and sin and forgiveness and the blood of jesus and that you know the whole bit it starts to drive you fucking crazy especially thinking that you're a sinner when you're only a child like right yeah. that, you're, that you're somehow um eternally responsible for not eating all your brussels sprouts or for you know getting a c and you know spelling or something
0: right yeah you must you must bathe in the blood you know
1: you have to have it
0: Got, you need it yeah but yeah uh yeah that was a, a big thing i noticed with 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 your music um and uh your most recent album you just put out was uh all live album right
1: yeah, that was a live record that I recorded in um, in the UK in two thousand and eighteen.
0: Right. Yeah, uh, I w- I wanted to to because uh, it's called you know this is a protest song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you, there's a good like compilation of you saying this is a protest song. Yeah. Like over and over. Yeah, and so I want. Yeah. I, there's a. Is 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 protest music like. Is that something that you've listened to for a long time, or like, what what is like, what is like your your protest guy, or protest well, person I mean, that you go to?
1: Every everything everything's political in one way or another. Whether right. we're choosing what type of beer we're gonna drink, or what kind of cell phone we're gonna have, or whether we you know drink Coca Cola or Pepsi, or we listen to Britney Spears or the radio, or get a face tattoo, or you know any of those things are all political choices. And I think we live in a world, especially today in the tumultuous political climate that we happen to be in, where like everything's hyper politicized. And like, I think in all of it, there's very little capital T truths being passed around. I think there's a lot of smoke and mirrors on both sides of it that are causing a lot of misinformation. And um, I've always thought as folk music or protest singers, as people who were in it, people who lived a life, then they saw something and they were like, the only way I can be honest with myself about witnessing this bearing witness to this thing that I saw is by singing a song about it, whether it's, you know, hunger or or mental illness or p- poverty or, or, or neglect or any of those type of things that happen in our right. society, you know, being, being able to speak your truth about it and, and having something to say. I mean, the Beatles already wrote all the best love songs. I think if I would just write a write a record about "Love Me Do," nobody would give a shit because it's been done by somebody way better than me, right? You know, Fifty years ago, right. Uh,
0: the the thing about your music, though, I think it's very relatable. It's not like, are you a big like Billy Bragg guy? Oh yeah, for sure. So like, you know how like, uh, at least for 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 me, sometimes Billy Bragg can. Go off on something. I'm like, I don't know what
1: the hell you're talking about. You know, I feel he, he he does he does get very specific at, at times. <laughs> yeah. I, I happen to enjoy that, but I can see why other people might be put off by it. Right? For sure. No,
0: I love I, I I love you know all of his like uh pop songs or what whatever more accessible mm-hmm. songs. Uh, and so to me, uh, listening to your music, it's more like you have more you have political songs that are accessible if that makes sense
1: i think if we're able to make it part of our daily vernacular and we're able to make political decisions not sound so political and just say Mm. you know i don't buy from this company because i don't believe in their ethics then it's not even a question it's it's you're doing something that's political that's in your periphery, or you're doing something just innately in your nature because you don't want to support a company that's doing bad in the world. You know, for some people it's no question whether they're going to eat Chick-fil-A or not. It's not because they don't have the best chicken sandwiches in the world. Of course they do. Those (laughs) sandwiches are fucking delicious. But for some people they're like, my morals outweigh my taste buds and that company does shit that I don't fuck with. So I can't, I can't be a part of it. And like, that's a super political thing we vote with our dollar and the and the way that we the way that we spend our money and we we validate people who are doing things whether those things are good or whether those things are bad by whether we give them our time our attention and their and our resources our money so yeah yeah, i think i think making politics and making political decisions and making a piece of that conversation to be the center focus of our lives we don't all have to be radical activists who chain ourselves to the to the local you know right uh to, to the local courthouse even though there's definitely a place for that right i think if we just made rational sound decisions based off of the things that are already inside of our heart we all get to be in a political punk band in our own way
0: mm, yeah yeah because it's it's tough to be like <clears throat> if you know if you're buying gas or fucking you know going to some place you, it's tough to, like, I guess, think every single decision being like, hey, is this a moral company? You know what I'm saying? Sure. Yeah.
1: Um, And certainly, you know, there's so much information out there, and right. some of it's good and some of it's bad to right. know what you want to give your, your money and attention to. But I just think being aware and conscious of your surroundings and knowing, mm. you know, what's going on, I think for the most part, um, that information is available to us. And especially if you're giving someplace like a lot of your money, where's that money going? Are they true? You know, if you're going to a place where you know that they pay their employees like shit, but you can get a four, you know, you can get a $4 happy burger or whatever, you know, it's, it's, uh, would you want to be treated that way? I know I certainly wouldn't even, you know, so like for, for me, it's easy to be able to recognize what companies I want to give my money to and which ones I don't ask their employees, how are they treated? Is it a good work environment? Do they pay? You know, do they, if you're sick, do they send you to the doctor or they just send you to the back, to the back of the line? Yeah. And, and I mean, all that information with the internet, it's a fucking no brainer. All that information is out there on the internet, Right. you know, with reviews, with uh, business, uh, ethical business practices, like all that stuff is, you know, if, if a company's not being transparent, with how they're spending their resources, now they're treating their employees. Chances are good they're fucking shitty because they're trying to hide something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's... But you have to put gas in your car. If You have to put gasoline in your vehicle if you want to go on tour. And all the gasoline in the whole world is owned by three people. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, what do you do? Do you not go on tour?
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. It's tough, man. Um, yeah. Mm. Wow. Uh, uh, so you just put out the, the, the live LP. Yes. Yeah. Uh, how, how has the reception been for that?
1: I think it's sold out in Europe and I sold out all of mine and the only people who have left are AF records in Pittsburgh. I think they have some left on their website, but it went really well and people seem to like it. Um, I think people were missing the sound of what it felt like to be in a room, smashed in a room with a bunch of people screaming your lungs out. So like, I think it was like a very welcomed reminder of what punk rock, um, once felt like. Right. So for the people who were there and the people who experienced it, I think they were super stoked on it. And like, um... Yeah, they, it, 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 I think it went pretty good. I don't know, I I. I think so. We only did a one-time press of it, so there's only a thousand of them made and that's it. And there'll never be any more ever made uh, on vinyl ever. <laughs> I just wanted to make this like a little teeny stamp of time. And yeah. this is what the music sounded like in, you know, in May of 2018. And this is right. exactly how it felt at the show. And this is just a little marker. It's just a little teeny bookmark of time to say if you were here and you experienced this special thing this is what it happened to sound like right and like i'm i'm completely okay for it to just live on the internet forever and 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 yeah i didn't want to i kind of just wanted to do it just as a celebration of like hey i look forward to doing this again soon here's a little taste until we get there
0: yeah i think it's i think i really enjoyed it i especially enjoyed the um the uh i enjoyed the songs obviously but i enjoyed the uh, you had the the tracks that were like compilations of of just like banter that you were doing sure yeah uh i i think your banter is really great it reminds me of like dry like british humor okay is i don't know if 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 that's what it felt to me and that's why i enjoy a lot and that's what resonated with me
1: i like british humor too yeah
0: I didn't know if that was like a a thing you were going for or if you're just like being yourself and just.
1: It, I just know that it's difficult sometimes to sing about some of the things that I sing about night and night again for myself as someone who has to be the conduit for those words. Like those words have to come out of me eventually. And like some of those topics are pretty heavy for me to talk about. For sure. And some of those topics are pretty disturbing for people to hear for the first time. And I think, you know, offering a good joke in the mix is like a good one, two punch. You know what I mean? If it's all heavy, if it's all doom and gloom and despair and no light at the end of the tunnel. And this is what happens when you trust politicians and vote them into office or whatever you're talking about. And there's no chuckle and there's no wink or no tongue in cheek or no way to like, Hey, we're all in this together. I'm not pointing fingers only at you. I'm pointing them at myself too, because I'm a hypocrite and I love to eat Hershey bars or whatever, (laughs) you know, it makes it makes it makes the conversation welcoming instead of isolating. And I think one thing that um, one thing that political music has done a bad job of is just like just uh, absolute abusive finger pointing. Mm. Say you're shit. Yes. You you have bad ideas. You know, if you don't believe like me, then you're this terrible monster of a person. Instead of being able to walk somebody through something for the very first time. You know, right? Not, every, not everybody has had the same privilege of being raised in a wealthy suburban community where they've, you know, they, they, they never knew what it was like to not be hungry or didn't know if there was anybody at home who loved them. And I think if punk rock is truly a place where everybody is welcome and we give everybody an opportunity to participate and belong in it, we're going to have people that come from very broken situations that might not have the same type of privilege that you and I have. So right. we need to make sure that we need to make sure that we're holding grace for those folks. And we need to make sure that we're holding opportunities for them to be reconciled and 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 put into a right direction so that we can grow, so that we can continue to have more uh more people uh invited to the party. Um if, if punk rock punk rock sometimes turns into a party that nobody can get invited to, and that bums me out. Ooh, damn.
0: That's deep. Yes. Yep. You're right. Uh yeah it's it's yeah I, I guess i don't know it's like um it's group think sometimes you know where it's just like uh you know we 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 like you're just saying like not everybody can be invited you know to the party which which sucks you know mm-hmm. um yeah
1: I just want to make sure that we're using inclusive language. And whenever we use inclusive language, we actually are practicing inclusivity rather than just participating in an exclusionary banishment culture. And I think like, I think one thing that is alarming and problematic in many ways is by telling people that they no longer have value and they're not welcome. Mm. Um, Certainly, if we have people who are doing harm and certainly if we have people who have abused other people, there needs to be a definite distance built between those people and the, 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 the sacred and holy and pure thing that we're trying to make called punk rock. But we also need to be open hearted and open minded to welcome people that aren't welcomed in other places. Mm. And, um, that's, I think that's a, I think that's a big piece of like what makes what makes the bond of it special. Yeah. Is
0: there is there is there any redemption left in punk rock? Is there any is there is is it if somebody has been an asshole or whatever uh do you think there's redemption left?
1: I sure hope so.
0: I would hope I so. I sure hope right.
1: I mean, I want you to know this for sure. I'm a product of the 90s. I grew right. up on Jackass and Limp biscuit and I used to <laughs> I used to I mean terribly offensive shit right terribly I so, thought so much nookie was, yeah it's just i mean i thought it was just supposed to be offensive just for the sake of being offensive right i didn't i didn't have any guidance i didn't have any older brothers or sisters or cousins to right. tell me the way to go so i thought like oh this is, punk rock's just supposed to be like this anarchist world just where anything you know, goes just, Fucking. anything goes right and like that's certainly the i you know idealistic and it's certainly the path of somebody who's immature and um inexperienced right as i grow you know as i grow older i'm able to look at some of the things that i have um the missteps and the uh and and the ways that i was even mean or unkind or that Mm -hmm. i leaned into leaned into behaviors that were problematic you know stealing from my own family to buy alcohol and drugs like real right. bad shit right. like yeah, things that it. i should things that i shouldn't be forgiven for, for you know what i mean and like right. knowing that i was able to become good that i was able to surround myself with good people and i get to live a life now that's dedicated to kindness and care and building um building a place for people who also have come from uh, a, a difficult background to find wholeness yeah. and i um that's what i mean for some people it's just music and leather jackets and listen to the Ramones. And I think that all that stuff is fucking sick. Truly. I think it's great. Right, yeah. Like if that's all it is, if it's just a costume party, if it's just a place for, for people to go and talk about things that happened fucking 40 years ago and Johnny rotten and the whole rest of it, you can fucking have it. I have no time for it at all Fred. whatsoever.
0: Mm. Yeah. Uh, and I guess you know with with redemption somebody has to want redemption you know? sure
1: it's not about just keeping the door open and allowing problematic people to wreak havoc on a peaceful society or a peaceful group of people right, Accountab- yeah. accountability yeah. is very uncomfortable for those who have been uh, who, who have been who have done wrong like oh I'd like to be held accountable so you just get to say I'm sorry and it's over the road to accountability is very very difficult. And the road to wholeness is very, very difficult. And 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 some people don't want to do, I like to call it the HW tip, the hard work that it takes, the hard work that it takes to make right a situation that you've done wrong. Right. When I was in high school, I used to scream Wu-Tang Clan lyrics out of my friend's Ford Blazer. I mean, or Chevy Blazer or Ford Bronco, whichever one he had, I don't remember, screaming them, I didn't know. No one had told me if I go ahead and I repeat those words that it's bad. But whenever you're a kid and you see you see other kids who are older than you singing Wu Tang Clan lyrics, of course you're going to want to do it. Right. You know it's a, it's it's a band that's on the radio. Right. Now I look back at that behavior now and I see the way that I behaved and I saw how easily I was influenced to do something that was bad or negative, and I'm absolutely appalled by my behavior as a child for sure. Right. And I've had to do the H W tit, the hard work that it takes. To create a way for a, a, a way to, 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 to reconcile those things and a way to, um, kill those bad, those bad, uh, pieces of the thing that I used to do for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think a lot, well, it's like you were saying, it's tough for people to be like, Oh, I need to change something in my life. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, I think it takes a lot of like, uh inner inner uh you know
1: introspection to to figure out
0: you know and that's that's tough you know and speaking for myself
1: yeah that's we we treat human beings like super disposable and i think that that causes a lot of problems within itself to think that if somebody does something when they're when they're at their lowest you're not remembered at how you behave at your lowest moment this is how you're marked forever right you know i love uh uh i love the story of the rose that grew from the concrete you never look at a rose that grows from the concrete and say oh your petals are scratched right you look at a rose that grows from the concrete and you say i can't believe that something so beautiful came from something that was almost impossible to grow from right um so i love i love a redemption story and also too this is not just to say this also this is in no way to be an apologist for bad behavior right and in, for sure at all whatsoever accountability is 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 is, is super duper important yeah, and yeah. uh i want to make sure sh- i just want to be very clear that like this isn't a pass for anybody it's it's just it's an invitation for rehabilitation which is very uncomfortable right.
0: yeah 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 uh, yeah for sure i feel like people even talking about myself i feel like people should be held accountable but it's like there's also a road to redemption. It's not mm-hmm. like, it's not just like, Oh, well you're just fucked. Okay. You're, you're done. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm. Mm. Wow. That's wild. Uh, so, uh, you have is the homeless gospel choir a full band now?
1: Yeah, it is. There's five of us. It's me, Matt Miller, Megan Schroer, Maura Weaver and Craig yeah. Luckman. Um, and we are a rock and roll punk band and um yeah it's great it's great to it's I, it's it's my dream come true I've always wanted to have just a group of I've always wanted to be in a band and I've always I mean I've toured myself for 10 years by myself right which is just because I you know, it's was what I was doing but right. it's always been a dream of mine to have like a a band with me and to travel and to and to be a part of something like that and it's it's been amazing
0: right and I know uh I know of, uh, like, uh, Megan and, and, and Maura. And so it's just like, you just got a, a solid lineup of musicians that.
1: I'm very fortunate and lucky, um, that everybody that I asked said, yes, everybody <laughs> that everybody that I, I, if, if I, I just had a, I had a, I had a dream in my mind of like, if yeah. I, if I could ask, super these group. People, if, I could, yeah. if I could ask a super group to be together, who would the people be? And everybody said yes on the first time, um, so I'm. I mean, I, Matt. I, I asked Matt whenever I was over in Europe. I was on on this tour that the, this this is a protest song tour, and I called him up and I was like, "Hey, I want to, I want to do this thing. Will you do it with me?" And 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 that's how the ball started to roll.
0: Mm, yeah. Uh, what, are you Are you going
1: to try and add more people? Like, is I don't, the, the no? I think I think this is it. I think this would be. I mean the goal is to always tour as a five piece and just mm. to have the five people in the band. Um, that way we have, uh, two guitars, a bass drummer, and then I can either play guitar or just sing or right. play piano or play any other type of like, you know, weirdo instrument that I can. Find. <laughs> Cause I, I was just asking that
0: because it seems like every record you're putting out, there's more instrumentation on every yes. record, which, is, which um, is very good.
1: I just have been hearing it differently. And I've just been hearing um, just a bunch of different noises and I'm just trying to be true to that. And you know, I, for a long time, I wasn't hearing any folky type songs. I was just hearing loud chaos songs. And you can't do that too good by yourself. At least I can't do that too well by myself. And right. I thought it would be sick to have dr- like pounding drums and bass and super squealy, feedbacky guitars and like, you know, something like that.
0: Yeah, the uh, I think the most recent uh, uh, record, the uh, this wasteland is your land. This land is your landfill. This land is your landfill. Sorry, uh, the, uh, there's a lot of like mm-hmm. Roswell kid, like Weezer, like leads on
1: guitar. I was like, this absolutely is fucking cool. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, we, I mean, the, for sure. Uh Weezer, but also Roswell Kid fucking rules. I love that band. Right. I think Jordan's a great songwriter. Um one of the best.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So just your uh, progression musically through the albums has been great.
1: Thank you very much. Yeah. I appreciate
0: it's, that. It's 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 noticed. That's yeah,
1: that's what I'm saying. I can't wait for you to hear the new thing. It's super far out. It's gonna blow your mind. Oh man. This is gonna be like a, a wall of synth. Or they're like... It's just gonna, it's something, I, I just never made anything else like it. It's just a whole new, it's a whole new experience for me too, as somebody who's currently, you know, who just wrote it.
0: <laughs> okay. I uh, still
1: think about, I, I listen to songs, and I'm like, that's exactly how I always wanted to say it. And now I just, I, there's just a new, I just feel, I feel a new, I just feel a new feeling inside of me. I don't know how to describe it, but I just feel something, there's a new, uh, there's a new feeling that I have.
0: Mm. Yeah, um, I feel like, I feel like whenever, whenever I was going back through all the albums, like getting prepared for this um, podcast, I felt like it was like, uh, it was, it it was like, and take this, take this as a compliment. I'm saying it as a compliment. I will. Uh, It was like Connor Obrist uh, doing uh, Jeff Rosenstock songs. Okay. Does that make sense?
1: Um, I like both of those singers too. Yeah. Um, Totally. I totally have, I've totally listened to a million bright eyes records. There's no two ways about that. Um, But yeah, I'm, 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 I'm constantly consuming music. So I'm, I'm influenced by everything that I'm listening to. And certainly, um, certainly those.
0: Yeah. And I, I, as soon as I said that, I was like, Oh, I didn't want that to be like, uh, in a bad way. I feel like.
1: No, I don't take it. I don't take it as a bad way at all.
0: Yeah. What's um, what's what's one of the uh, a band that's been inspiring you, like when you've been making music recently?
1: I've been listening to a ton of the Pixies. Oh. Yeah. Um, which would probably be the biggest the band that I, I mean the, the the band that I listened to probably the most all the Frank Black stuff and all the Pixie stuff. Yeah. Um but I've been listening to a bunch of like um, like Fountains of Wayne too, like really, uh, really over the top pop type songs, like yeah. uh, radio pop stuff. right? Um, all, all that stuff that like Adam Schlesinger did, even like the uh, that thing you do soundtrack and just, um, right. uh, I'm always listening to They Might Be Giants. I probably listen to them probably more, th- another band that I listen to probably more than every other band. Yeah. Um, ton, ton of They Might Be Giants. Yeah. Um, Green Day, Weezer, I mean, all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it all
0: comes through, I think, in your recordings.
1: I, as far as like what I get inspired by, but I mean, right. I, I'm, I mean, I listen to everything i have I have a pretty, I have a pretty, I've been, I, I have a pretty diverse uh, record collection, in right. my estimation. Anyway, <laughs>
0: uh, I do have like a um, like a lightning round of questions. Hit me. That I would like to ask. Okay.
1: I will answer. I will a- answer with lightning speed.
0: You can even, you know, expound upon whatever. It doesn't matter. Sure. You know, what uh, what's your favorite protest song?
1: Um, probably uh, "With God on Our Side" by Bob Dylan. Mm. Um, that'd probably be my favorite protest song.
0: Okay. What's uh What's your favorite uh, truck stop slash gas station
1: on the road? uh, Bucky's in Texas. If you haven't been down to Texas, you can go to a Bucky's it's the size of a damn Walmart. It's the biggest gas station I've ever seen in my entire life. I've never seen one to rival it. And one thing that's super sick about Bucky's, is they post all their employees' wages on the door, so sure. you know that they 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 say everybody gets two weeks paid vacation, everybody gets sick leave, everybody gets four hundred one k rollover, and we start our cashiers out at seventeen and a quarter. And it's just they put it right up there on the door. And I love Bucky's. Um, I yeah. love the I love I love the service they provide, and I love the transparency of their business ethics. So Bucky's for sure. Yeah, yeah they uh,
0: maybe about two years ago they put a Bucky's like thirty minutes away from mobile. So that's large
1: living. I mean if you um, can get to a Bucky's, I mean you can get you can get your car, you can get your tires rotated, you can get you can get candy corn, a whole bit.
0: Yeah, you can get some uh beaver nuggets, whatever, mm. whatever you want. Hell yeah. Uh what is the uh the worst punk rock bathroom that you've had to go number two in?
1: Um there was a venue in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania called Garfield Artworks. And in the bathroom there it was it was it was not human it was subhuman it was a subhuman bathroom <laughs> okay and it was gross and there was always just just it was it was terrible and there wasn't a lock on the door and there often wasn't toilet paper and it was the worst but in some weird way in some great perverse true true perverse perverseness in my character I do miss it like that it's not a venue anymore. Right. I think about, I think about going to shows there all the time. And I mean yes, of course, you know, I have IBS, so I'm going to have to use the bathroom while I'm there. Um but even with my trials and tribulations of using the bathroom at Garfield Artworks, I still long to return to go to shows there.
0: Hmm. Right. Mm. Okay. So, uh your first record there's a lot of like um department store uh, talk. Um, so I want to figure out, like, what was your worst department store
1: slash box store childhood memory? Um, my worst childhood memory at a box store. My brother got tr- got in trouble for shoplifting at TJ Maxx when we were kids. Um, that was that was troublesome. We got caught and we had to sit there, and I was driving around the parking lot trying to catch him um trying to trying to go so they couldn't read my license plates you know oh, so yeah. i can um so i can get him to get in the car yeah it was um it was a time <laughs> did you did you have a gay <laughs>
0: no no gay
1: <clears throat> no we had we had, oh, excuse me You're okay. um, <clears throat> i'm drinking a smoothie and some watermelon went down my oh drink. typical um no we had kaufman's up here in, in pittsburgh Mm, okay uh what was the the last tattoo that you had the last tattoo that i got oh i got um have you ever heard of the band the chariot oh yeah i got a chariot skull on the back of my arm my friends my friends are in that band and they nice. were a super important band for me and um uh I love everybody. I love everybody who was in that band and I just wanted to get um I just wanted to get a tattoo of them so I did.
0: Nice. Yeah. Uh, they they played Mobile a
1: couple of times as like, you know. They're a great live band. They oh, they they, yeah. they did they did things live that I've never seen anybody else do.
0: Yeah, they're like uh in the same ballpark of like every time I die that sort of like Yeah.
1: S- I don't mean to say metalcore, but metalcore.
0: Yeah, yeah. Not, not in a offensive way or or whatever.
1: That word is offensive though. That's metalcore? an offensive word. Oh yeah yeah yeah. If yeah. you say metalcore in front of the wrong person, it's almost like saying the Lord's name in vain. You could really get in trouble for it.
0: That's right. Mm, yeah. It's like uh it is what it is. You know. It's like yeah, it's metalcore period what what else could you call it that it's not you know offensive? i would always
1: put i would always put the chariot in a different category i never considered them to be in that category i just considered them to be like a really chaotic punk band but mm. they always toured with like those those metalcore bands yeah. so they got lumped into it unfortunately and probably fortunately for them too i don't know i can't yeah. say
0: they're, i i think they're like same not not the same thing as dillinger escape plan but like a couple of half steps away maybe i don't know sure yeah um okay so uh ccr bob dylan or bruce bruce springsteen bob dylan yeah
1: he's the one he's one of the best of all time he's he's in the he's up there he's i mean he's my favorite of the three for sure what's your
0: favorite
1: uh bruce springsteen song um i'm sure it would probably be off of nebraska um um maybe atlantic city Mm. Uh, maybe johnny 99 i'm not sure one i'd have to go back and i'd have to go back and um uh and and listen to the whole thing but something off nebraska i'd have to i'd have to pick one off that album it's my favorite
0: what was, did, uh, anyway. Have you ever seen the uh, movie Thunder Road?
1: I sure haven't, no. Nope. I did see Bruce Springsteen live once and it took three and a half hours to get to the end of the show and my back hurt from standing in the same spot for so long. It was truly, it was about, it was a three and a half hour long show. You could have wrapped that show up in 45 minutes, truthfully. If you just played, just give them the hits, go out there, give them the hits and oh, then man. let them go home. Nice. But it was too long. Three and a half hours is, is too long to do anything.
0: Not bad. He's a, uh, you know, he's he's just got to, uh, you know, play every song he wants to play. I don't know.
1: It's, tor- it's torture. I love give me give me the hits for forty five minutes and give us a free plate of nachos and it would have been sick.
0: <laughs> What's your uh, worst uh, border slash customs experience?
1: Um, I've had a couple of those. Um. One time, uh, let me, okay, this is the probably the worst one that I can imagine. We were on our way up to go play Canadian Music Week up in Toronto, mm. and we were playing at a we were playing at a at a venue called Parts and Labor, which is the basement of a fancy restaurant that was up there, and um, we were going up to cross, and the Canadian we had our we had our work permits on a thumb drive, and we didn't print them out because we thought if we just gave them the thumb drive. They could punch it in and then we could go ahead about our business because we live in a modern era. But they said that we had to have the documents printed. So we left the Canadian border. We went back to the U.S. and we we got there at like 9.05 and the FedEx Kinko's closed at 9 o'clock. So instead, so what we did is we just like, well, there's another port like, you know, half an hour down the road. We'll just go to the other port and try and give them the thumb drive right well there's a there's a there's a felony it's a felony to try two different ports within a certain period of time it's called port shopping and um we got pinched for port shopping so they pulled everything out of the van they asked us a million questions what are we trying to do in canada we said we're musicians we're going up there to play canadian music week all of our information is on this thumb drive we need to give if you can just put this onto your computer, it'll pull up our passports and all this stuff. And it'll tell you the, the true deal. And they said, well, we don't have any way to read a thumb drive. So you guys are going to have to go back to Buffalo, get a hotel, stay in the hotel, and then try again once the FedEx kinkos opens up the next morning. <clears throat> so we go ahead into the hotel and it's late. It's like two o'clock in the morning. We're like the last people, everybody else there is just absolutely drunk. Right. But we, we noticed that the kitchen was still open, so we got these buffalo blue cheese cheeseburgers. And we ate them because it was the only thing that we had to eat that whole day. And wouldn't you know it, that the blue cheese that was on that cheeseburger was no good. And it gave us food poisoning. So, we finally, the next day, we get, we're not feeling so hot and we go over into the over to FedEx Kinkos, we print out the four pages that they needed us to print. We go to, the bo- we go to the border and they're like, oh, it's you again. It was the same crew from the night before. We're right. like, yep, here's the papers. And the thing that really bit your ass is they didn't even look at the damn papers. They were like, oh, okay, gave it back to you and off you were on your way. It was so frustrating. Unfortunately, we weren't food poisoning sick yet. When we got into Hamilton, Ontario, which was about an hour or so from where we were going. Right. We all got food poisoning pretty bad to the point where we laid on a basement floor for three days and did nothing but drink Gatorade and eat saltines. And we missed like four shows. Um, so yeah, that was that was the that was the Canadian debacle, the first Canadian debacle. But I've had trouble at the Canadian border, I would say maybe like five or six times. Yeah.
0: Going through Buffalo or going through Detroit.
1: We'll we'll go through Detroit and make it on our way over uh, over that way. Um, uh, go to Windsor, and then right. we would either cut up through Buffalo, through Erie, or through Vermont. And I've been pinched on every single border crossing there. I've I've gone to Russia, got right in. I was I was at the Guatemalan border where twelve year olds are carrying automatic <laughs> weapons at the border at the border crossing. No kidding. Oh, come right on in. No worries. Canada. Tight as a drum. They're not fucking letting anybody in.
0: Oh man, <laughs> they ain't got they time do. for it. Yeah,
1: they ain't got no time for it, for sure.
0: Trying to steal this poutine. What are you trying to do? Yeah, I love it. <laughs> what's uh What's your favorite regional beer in the U.S.
1: I don't drink. I don't drink, but I would probably have to say um, I, I like the best is. Um, uh, Virgil's, Virgil's root beer. I Ooh, like a Virgil's, Virgil's they, root they, beer is good. They make, they make a really nice nutmeg, a holiday root beer that I just, that I love. So that's Ooh. my favorite regional beer.
0: Oh, that's good. Uh, are you, are you a seltzer? Like, uh,
1: Oh yeah. I drink, I, I mean, yo, yeah. I, I get the Aldi brand because it's only $2 and 60 cents a yeah. case and I'll buy like 10 cases at a time so that I don't run out. Um, yeah. but yeah, I'm, I'm a, I'm, I'm a, uh, soda water person for sure.
0: Yeah. What the, um, yeah, I, I, I have a, uh, Costco membership and so I definitely get pallets of LaCroix and just oh yeah, pound through those. It's
1: hard to, it's hard to say no to. It's delicious. That's true. Oh man.
0: It's refreshing. Makes you feel good. Yeah. Yeah.
1: What
0: yeah. uh, what's the most expensive t-shirt that you bought?
1: Most expensive t-shirt that I've bought. Um, Shit, I couldn't say. Um I don't know. I really don't spend a lot of money on clothes, to be truthful with right. you. Um my friend Matt, who sings in a band called the Bronx, he made a Nate Dog, he made a Nate Dog rap t shirt right. that I bought, and I think that was like 40 bucks. Mm. So that might have been the most I've ever spent on on a on a t shirt. Oh forty.
0: That's
1: but good. I love but I love Nate Dog and I love the Bronx. So I wanted to buy one and I did
0: there you go support what's uh what's your what's your perfect pizza
1: extra cheese onions and um uh mushrooms especially if they're canned mushrooms i like those canned mushrooms
0: so just cheese and mushrooms and onions and onions yeah damn okay
1: wow what's uh
0: what do you want on your tombstone
1: I would prefer to just have a natural, you know, I, I don't necessarily want to be buried in the ground, but if there was just something on the tombstone, I would just probably, just as a, no, not um nothing, nothing. I don't want anything on there. I just want to be either cremated or fed to, fed to, what I really want. If, 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 if no one's going to watch this or if no one's going to listen to this, this is what I really want. I'll tell you my big true dark Please. secret. Once I've expired and my body, my earthly body here, has passed, right. I would love it if somebody took the meat from my bones and made a delicious shepherd's pie and fed it to everybody at my funeral. Um, and that way, I'll be in, I'll be nourishing you from the inside. And they'll just be like, "Oh, what is this?" And I, we don't tell you that it's me until after everybody's had like so their fill. You get like a you get a really fancy chef. You get somebody who you know could really disguise that. Really sour meat flavor that I'm sure human meat tastes like. Um, i my friend Dan Smith actually used to say that all the time that he just wanted to be baked into a shepherd's pie whenever he died, and I just um, I just stole I've stolen that whole bit. But yeah, um, I don't I don't want to be I don't want to be buried, and I don't think I want a tombstone either.
0: Me either. No, I feel the same way. I want to be cremated and just fucking throw me
1: somewhere. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't ask to be here and I don't need to, I don't need people a hundred years from now trying to remember me. Um, I, I just want to do, I just want to do the things that bring me the most joy and the most peace while I'm here while right. trying to be good to other people. And whenever I go, um, just hopefully that there's good thoughts and there's good memories, but I don't need people to, uh, you know, once I'm dead for, you know, two or three years, it's good to just forget about it and move on with your lives. Right. Yeah. Oh, I feel that. Yeah.
0: Well, Derek, man, uh, thank you so much. Uh,
1: I hope I answered all your questions. Okay. Michael, I oh. was rambling there for a bit. Hopefully I didn't offend you in any way. It would take a lot
0: to offend me. Okay. Uh, no, you, uh, you had options, but you decided to talk to me tonight and I appreciate that. Um, yeah, man. do you, uh, do you have any closing words of wisdom or,
1: no, I think now's the best time ever to start a punk band. So if you've ever had anything that you wanted to get off your chest, maybe your boss is really up your ass and has really just been giving you grief. Maybe, maybe, you, you know, you have a parent who always wants to try and talk politics with you during Christmas dinner and you want to just go ahead and say something about it, but you've never had a chance to. Now's the best time to do it. Start a punk band, get some friends together, get real mad about some stuff and write some songs about it. It'll be good for your own for your own well being and the well being of people that can hear it. So um go ahead and write some songs together with your friends and start a punk band. That's my that's my advice to you. <laughs> cool. Thank you, Garrett. Well will stay Thanks on so much for
0: having me. Stay on for a second, but yeah. Okay. Thank you.